Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The lack of six pack is really showing today. You did have 10 mini corn dogs for lunch. I'd do it again. Roll the intro. Let's go home. Hey guys, what's up? It's been Wild Nine. I'm your host, Lord DIY. I feel like you're yet to start the podcast in like a real way. It's like either I start or you start, but it's like in the voice of making fun of me. Making fun of? Hey you're guys, like- welcome back to Wild Till Nine, your favorite fucking podcast. Like, subscribe, roll, subscribe. rate, get on the ground, <laughs> do everything that requires signing up so that way when you uh, lose interest in us, we keep in your inbox anyway. There was a, an earthquake the other day, a 4.8, so like medium sized. It feels very large to me as like a non-Californian and also being like a panicky person. And um, I tweeted something about like how on the East Coast in Canada, we don't learn what to do during an earthquake. And I was like, yeah, we only really learned stop, drop and roll for like fire. And I got so many tweets about how it's so deeply ingrained into our pod listeners brain now about stop, drop, roll and rate the podcast. Now that they associate stop, drop and roll more with the podcast than they do um, fire safety protocol. So I do just want to reiterate that I is stop, drop and roll actually still relevant. Like, you know how they changed the Heimlich remover too? Did they update Did that? Did you just call it the Heimlich remover? What is it? Maneuver. <laughs> That's a new one. I'm crying. Shut up right now. It's not. 
that wasn't even a Freudian slip. That was because I understand you you want to remove whatever's lodged in your fucking throat. But. It's not the remove. Knee sweat coming out of your eyes today. Comment below if you thought it was the Heimlich remover. Or if you too. I have literal tears rolling down my face right now. Oh. Sorry, babe. You gotta carry the podcast right now. I have to wipe the tears off my face. So this one time at band camp. Um, Holy shit. I can't. Oh, God. I literally made like tear roll marks down my foundation. You're still beautiful, though. Oh, my God. I cannot believe for my 27 years of existence, I thought it was a Heimlich remover. <laughs> that is the funniest shit that's ever happened live you know, on the podcast. Maybe, oh maybe, my God. maybe I'm wrong. Let's take a quick look. No, I don't. Maneuver sounds right. Heimlich. Wow. Honestly, you can't even plant a joke that good. Oh, you're so welcome that sometimes my stupidity and just like lack of general knowledge of vocabulary is highly entertaining. Wow, that was funny. Oh my God. Please tell me it's not the remover, is it? No, it's certainly not the remover. Well, you know, the literal definition. Oh my God. <laughs> Something we didn't cover <laughs> a couple weeks ago that I think we should have. Yeah. On the sexting game. Uh-huh. Would you, if financially strained, or fuck, if you're not financially strained, yeah, would you sell feet pics? Yeah, yeah, no hesitation, for sure. Um, I really feel as if that's like a win-win situation. No, like, I agree. If there's a buyer who's interested, because that's what they're into, like there's no shame in that game. And then if someone gets compensated for that, like I don't feel like that's, yeah, no, I, I think that's a win-win situation for all parties. Are you someone who's grossed out by feet? Yes. yes Do you yes, like yes. your own feet? Um, I feel like the relationship that my feet and I have are okay. Um, okay. They definitely don't go to Cabo like my spine does mm -hmm. um, per episode five. But you know what? I, I think that if I had gross feet, I would be more grossed out by them. I guess the thing is, like, I don't think that I have um, cute feet by any means. Sure. I've seen worse feet. Yeah, for sure. But anyone who'd be willing to pay money for my feet, right. I'd be more concerned with where they're at and mentally like, you know, you want to talk about it? Is everything okay? Yeah. Yeah. We do have one friend who, um, has a foot thing and oh. <laughs> we do have a friend. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, thought yeah. to myself, I was like, I don't have friends, friends with foot fetishes. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And, um, it's so interesting because it, and this is like, it's never ending entertainment for me personally. I'll show him the hottest girl in the entire world, but like the second toe could be a little longer than the big toe. And he's, he's like, he can't see past it. Yeah. He literally can't see past it. It's yeah. so insane. Not to mention his feet are fucking gross. His feet are nasty. So his feet are, and, and also too, just even as like my friend, if my feet aren't like looking, uh, you know, pedicured and nice, he'll respond to that story and be like, uh, bruh, nasty. Yeah. Like get, like get that shit taken care of. Yeah. He's, kind, you of post a, he's yeah. kind of a foot bully to his friends. I feel like he's a bit of a foot bully. Yeah. yeah. Like, like a foot police. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so that's just, wow. We were just all over the map. I feel like my eyelash is popping off now that like I just cried. Oh, I cannot believe. I, and what's funny is like, you can usually find a group of individuals who are equally as, um, similarly minded on Google. And when I, I popped in Heimlich remover, yeah. let me tell you, barren wasteland. 
Really? Yeah. Heimlich Remover, it's not there? No. Wow. No, it's not. Um, Heimlich Maneuver, you're so right. Heimlich, yeah, it's not, definitely not. Heimlich Remover, Heimlich Remover on dogs, Heimlich Remover on baby. It has been Googled before. It has been Googled and I just, I just, you know what the questionable thing is, is that like I Googled Heimlich Maneuver not that long ago because I wanted to, Moose like choked on his food just from eating too fast. And I was like, oh, I should definitely like just for the future, like know how to do this on dogs. And so at some point I would have had to Google it. And I guess just nothing clicked. Anyways, um, welcome back to the podcast. What a fun little intro this has been. Wow, that was just all over the place. Um, let us know if you would sell your feed pics or how you feel about that in the comments. That's what we want to start the, the call yeah. to action with? Uh, yeah, this is like a genu- I'm, I'm just like genuinely curious. Actually, if you would sell feed pics or if you wouldn't sell feed pics, I just want a yes or a no, right. no context. Yeah, just no yes, context. Yes, no, and we'll know. Right, 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 right. We'll know. Ooh, and if you do sell feed pics, feel free to elaborate. That's very counterintuitive to what I just said instruction-wise. But okay, fine. Okay, fine. Fine, 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 fine. I mean, well, you can go with that one. We okay. just have to pick one or the other. Oh, let's go with yours. Okay. Just leave us a yes or no in the comments. Mm-hmm. Yes or no, if you would or would you, you would mm-hmm. not. Right. Personally, I think it's a no-brainer for me, but maybe other people just don't, don't agree. I don't no know. context feed pics? No context feed pics. Yes or no, let us know. Okay. Yeah. We got anything else this hour? Oh, that's about it. Thanks, guys. Uh, for t- <laughs> I cannot believe it's not Heimlich Remover. We've got to move on. My mom is going to love that. She's going to cry at that point. We have to yeah. move on. There's. I have this weird thing where I have a few choice words that I have trouble saying for some reason. And in my brain, it sounds the same as what I'm supposed to be saying. But I just put the emphasis on the wrong part of the word. But I don't hear it. This is a, about a ongoing series of Lauren's brain yeah having a fun field day with facts right 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 no it's it's me against me here Mm -hmm. like absolutely there's there's no one else in this game it's me versus me and and I don't know it's a lot maybe they call it the Heimlich remover in Canada I don't think so maybe it's just Heimlich remover here I don't think so See, the problem is that we keep saying Heimlich Remover, so it's um, it's re-putting it, reinserting itself back into my brain to be correct, and that stresses me out a little bit. Okay. So I need you to not use the R word when we say Heimlich blank. Maneuver. It's only maneuver. Heimlich manure. Got it. Now that we've talked about the Heimlich Remover. Babe! Um, what? I want to talk about a very, very, very serious and important topic. Yeah. Your wiki feet. Oh my God. Let me just wait, double wait. check before I state that I have five stars. And have we covered this in the podcast already? We've okay. So in like episode one or two, we touched on it quickly and we're like, guys, it's, it's maybe a little too early in our podcast yeah. career to talk wiki feet. And now, but now I think a it's few time. short weeks later. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. Let me just double check that I still have five stars in case my, Oh, I've been demoted to a 4.9. I'm so sad. Okay, so 247 people have rated my feet at an average of 4.9. I think we probably should maybe share a bit of context on WikiFeet and just not assume everyone in America knows what it is. They have my shoe size wrong. Okay, so WikiFeet essentially is, um, I don't think by association related to Wikipedia in any way. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's not. <laughs> you don't think? Yeah, I'm going to hazard a guess. And if I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. But I mean, same idea of like a crowd, a crowd funded uh, library of photos and information. No, I think it's crowdsourced, not crowdfunded. And I guess that's fine. Well, you know, Wikipedia sometimes does ask for crowdfunding as well. Right. Well, yeah. Anyways, um, so WikiFeet, uh, their tagline is the collaborative celebrity feet website. So, ba- pe- so basically, it's like a famous birthdays and Wikipedia got together. 
Right, 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 right. And uh, just post photos of your feet on your profile and rate them. Luckily, I don't think there's a comment section. Let me double check. Yeah, there's not. So it's just photos of feet. And the scary part is, is a lot of the times they will just crop your feet out of photos mm. uh, that no you've posted. Feet. No context feet. Yeah, they've just, they've cropped your feet out and they post them for people to enjoy. See, here's the thing is that like, I'm not getting paid for this and my feet are being exploited. So I, I think that I should have a piece of this profile, right? Well, let's start the justice campaign yeah, now. Yeah, justice for my feet, justice for Lord DIY's feet. Yeah, wow, this is like, and you know what? A lot of these photos, I'm like, I didn't even realize my feet were in this photo. You know, I don't think that you realize just how important feet are until you have a foot fetish. I, I agree. You know what? I've never actually thought of feet more than I have than after um, becoming friends with our friend, the foot police. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Um, do you agree with your score? You know what? A 4.9, I would take it. I would say that like my feet are, um, wow, rating beautiful feet. It, it shows five stars, even though I do have a 4.9, um, it shows five stars. Uh, they have me as a shoe size seven, birthplace Canada, birth date 1993, 08, <gasps> Oh my God, feet rating stats. Okay, so 247 total votes. Beautiful, 166. Nice, 43. Okay, 26. Bad, seven, ugly, five. I'm offended. You know what? I, I have okay feet, but I wouldn't say they're ugly or bad. That's like really mean. I love how like this type of hate like actually hurts me more than like I, someone telling that my existence is like a waste of space. In the, the reason earth. I wanted to like <laughs> not let that moment die is that I want everyone to understand in real time what it feels like to really read the comments that hit hard. Yeah, no, that was, that's, 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 I, I accept the okay rating and nice and obviously the beautiful rating. Um, but I accept the okay. I mean, like, I feel like my toes have like a nice, uh, descending size, like, you know, I feel like that they're supposed to, a lot of people have that second toe. That's like kind of like a little weird, little long finger. Mm -hmm. um, I saw a diagram once time, uh, once time, one time break down how if one toe is bigger than the other, that would be an indicator as to the man's dick size. And so like any normal man, I took out my penis and looked at my feet and right. judged to see whether or not it was correct. I don't remember if, if it was correct. That is the worst ending to the story in the entire world. I need you to follow up next episode with the actual answer to that. Oh my God, my friend, this is um, um, over to the vagina. Uh, why, why also pause? Why is there no wiki dick? That would be that would be called pornography. That, and, that's what we call pornhub.com. Yeah, but there's no like rating. Redtube.com. Are you kidding on porn? Right, but like I'm saying just like straight up just profiles. Oh, of dicks. Can you imagine they just crop of a video? Just the dick just out? Just the dick. Yeah. Well, that's what they do on WikiFeet. Right. Okay. So anyway, my friend the other day, this is so interesting. I forgot to tell you this the other day. Um, so obviously females are all like, we have the same parts, but they're not, you know, all the same distance and size and like how people orgasm versus like, if you can come just from like sex or if you need like clit action and I stuff. I can't wait to hear where this one goes. Oh my God. Okay. So I have a friend who can only, um, orgasm through sex and she like doesn't want her clit being touched at all whatsoever. Also PSA this, we are now headed in the sex direction. I'm not going to lie. We had this podcast planned zero on the topic things. of, uh, zero, zero sex, sex things. things. Yet here we are. And then craft girl grabs the wheel and says, right on to clit town. Right. <laughs> Just a quick little detour. We'll, we'll go back. We'll go back. 
Um, so wait, this is no, this is so interesting. And I forgot to uh, follow through with like figuring this out. Anyways, so my friend can only come from um, like sex. And uh, I personally need a little more action in other places. Clit town, basically. Feet town. <clears throat> nope. That's our that's our friend, uh, the foot police. Anyway. Uh, she said that she read an article that if oh, I'm gonna mess this up and have to follow up next week, this will be our starting topic. Uh, we're gonna follow up on both this of these measurement things. This might be a starting topic or might not be mentioned. No, at it all. will. It will. That if Check the, the distance. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, it was good. <laughs> it wasn't okay. So the distance between your Jeremy hates the word like vaginal canal <laughs> I know. so the opening the opening the insertion area the distance between that and the clit is i guess can be different and one distance like shorter means that you i can't remember which one's which but like if i feel like the story's going so far uh, you know what? Uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe I should text my friend and figure out what the actual thing was. Anyways, I think it's like if it's over 3.5 centimeters, it means that you tend to need um, more like clit stimulation to orgasm. And if it's under 3.5, you don't or something like that. I will follow up with the exact measurements and I will measure myself as well. Girls and with rulers everywhere. Just no, I'm not even kidding. We were at lunch and she was like, we need to go home and, and like measure and let each other know because we have both sides of the spectrum. So if it does prove true, that's a hundred percent accuracy rate between the two of us. I want nothing more than to have that something to add to this conversation. Yeah. I just feel like I'm kind of an awkward bystander. Okay. Well, anyways, I'm going to follow up. I'm going to find the exact measurement. I it's, it's over or under 3.5 centimeters. And, um, I don't even know how long a centimeter is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, actually. Yeah. Cause that was my American friend who said that it wasn't a Canadian friend and who we, mentioned that. We, we accept centimeters here. We just do that stupid fucking Imperial system. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Anyways, we're going to follow up on all of these things. I really think that I have a rogue eyelash now after I just like s cried laughing. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to undetour away from clit town. Um, <laughs> back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, what was your first job? Uh, my first job. Yeah. And how old were you? And how much did you make? Cause I know the minimum wage is different everywhere, right? State by state. Right. The first job that I remember, and I'm sure there was like some odd jobs, me doing, you know, yard work here or there. Right. Else, but like my first job that like I did that in some sort of a regular capacity with the company, I'm pretty sure was, uh, I worked at a distribution center for Miller light mm -hmm. on weekends. Okay. And I think I was 16 or 17. Are you allowed to handle alcohol if no, you're not serving it? No, definitely oh, not. Oh, okay. Definitely not. I don't know how exactly we got these jobs. I was going to say, do you have a friend, like it a was family like a friend's friend? friend's dad yeah, okay. had to hook up, whatever. But yeah. I worked at Miller Lite and, or no, I worked at a distribution center for Miller Lite in Rockford and I made 875, which was significantly higher than Wait, the yeah, that's minimum, a lot, minimum right? wage. Yeah, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know how I finessed or finangled this thing right. at all. And if you're wondering if I was mature enough at the age of 16 or 17 to handle um, beer and, and be in the back of like liquor areas unsupervised, no, 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 no. We drank a lot. <laughs> We drank a lot. And the only well, reason I'm like, comfortable saying that now is because I'm pretty sure we're beyond the statute of limitations at this point. Right. Um, well, I feel like if a case like breaks and kind of opens, like, right. What no, do you if do? a case does break, but the problem was if there were no broken cases, you're 
fucking bet there were a couple of broken cases by the time we left. Right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I mean, accidents happen. Yeah. Accidents yeah, yeah. happen. And so that's 16. That was 16, 17. Yeah. yeah a couple years. Okay. It was and like, I will always remember the way, like, cause you're in the Northern Illinois mm-hmm. and like during Christmas time or holidays and every holiday for the most part is in a fucking cold time when you're in the North mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Halloween, Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's all fucking cold. Super Bowl, all the drinking holidays in particular, cold. Oh, right, because it was cold in like, like cold, the actual right. cooler thing. And I'll, I'll, well, I'll always remember like being in the back of the truck at, outside and being so excited to leave the outside air and go into the freezer because the freezer was fucking warmer than it was outside in the negative 30 degree weather that we were dealing with. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, Canada, just as cold. And if... I had it to do all over again. I would take that job. It paid you know, pretty well at the time. And mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool. And I always had a case of beer <laughs> and it's always um, something to be like, you know, I, I know I knew at the age of like 17 or 18, I didn't want to be in that line of work right? <laughs> because I was in that line of work. Yeah. No, I mean, it really takes, uh, th- there's, there's nothing like motivation than actually doing that job mm-hmm. to make you not want to do that job ever right. again. Right. Yeah. To work hard so that you're never in that position again. What was your first job? My first job when I was 15 um, was under the table at, and I don't know why they hired, but I mean, I, they probably love the idea of being able to pay me under the table Right. was this small ice cream shop that uh, was just like in this little touristy area in my hometown. Cute. And um, for anyone that's listening who happens to live in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, it was in Port Luzi, which is like this tiny, cute little touristy town. Are you going to like, just like, call them out for just completely they're not disregarding there anymore. the IRS? They're not there anymore. Oh, got yeah, it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And whatever the IRS, is, is there, is it called IRS Canada? I don't know. Internal Revenue Service? Oh, CRA. What's that stand for? Canada, Canadian Revenue Agency, Canada Revenue Ooh, Agency. The CRA. The CRA, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out CRA. Uh, I still get scary mail from IRS and CRA. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. Hate that. So you got paid cash? So I got paid for cash. For scooping ice cream. For scooping ice cream. I bet you could give one hell of a hand job with those fucking muscles you built up. Honestly, the right hand, I truly like on my forearm of my right hand was stronger than my left and there was a visible muscle. I assure you all 6% of the guys that listen to this podcast. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. Well, I don't, I feel as if, I feel as if most people know that like everyone's dominant hand when you're male is uh, a little bit stronger, a little stronger and and not to, God damn it. We're going to digress into sex town. Here we go. And also we're not covering masturbation on this podcast episode. Cause we'll probably do it later. I can't masturbate with my left hand. I mean, why would you, if you have a right hand, if that's your dominant hand, it would make um, clicking the pointer on a computer a lot easier. Why? Guys, <laughs> that's for us. We need to go, we need oh to go anywhere god. else. Oh my god! Oh my god! Anyways, I got paid under the table at this ice cream place, and I worked there in the summer. And um, did you get allowance growing up? Um, yes. Did you have to do chores for it? Yes, I think I got a weekly allowance, and I'm pretty sure that the allowance was equal to my age. So, like when I was five, I got like five bucks for cleaning. When I was six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Are you kidding me? And I was like, I would like clean the weekends. Mom would give me like seven, eight, nine, ten bucks. So when you were 10, you got 10 bucks a week. Yeah. When you were 15, you got 15 bucks a week. Yeah. Wow. Rich. Rich. Was I rich? You were rich. Uh, I was cleaning toilets. So. Oh my God. So my allowance was, and this, I don't think, I, I don't think it ever changed year by year. Like there was oh, no, there's no inflation. I didn't get any, I didn't know inflation. No, I didn't get promoted. No cost of living no, increase. No, no, no way. No, no, cola. no, no, okay. no, 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 no. 
uh, I got $5 a week. But when I started getting allowance, we immediately went to the bank and opened up a checking account and a savings account. And so was 20 a month or 25 a month? Please hold. And so I would get $5 a week. Mm. One week goes into checking. I can spend whatever I want with that checking account. Okay. Next week, savings account. Can't touch that account. That's for college. That's for my future. Got it. That's for big investments. Okay. Uh, and then next week back to checking. So spending, uh, I made about 10 bucks a month. Okay. Yeah. And I will say that my parents, although uh, frugal in allowance, I didn't do a ton of chores, I would Got say. It. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And- okay. It's like more like an unemployment check. It was like an unemployment check. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I also too, like if I was going to go somewhere with like a friend's family for the day, like they would give me money to like buy lunch and stuff like that. So it was money as needed when I was going somewhere that might require money. But in terms of like learning how to be frugal, I know exactly where that comes from in my childhood. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, I would love to hear what the what the going rate for allowance is today. I know. Oh my god. Ooh, how much did you get from the tooth fairy? Um, I don't remember, but I do remember a time where I was Wait, wait. Okay, so as a Canadian, also fun fact, Jeremy <laughs> I have a fun story. Um, so Tooth Fairy, we would get loonies underneath our pillow, mm-hmm. which is a dollar in Canadian money mm-hmm. for any of my Americans who have never seen a loony or a toonie. And Jeremy for a long time, similar to Heimlich remover, thought that it was a tooey, a oney and a two, no, a loony and a tooey. <laughs> a oney and a tooey. That's so cute though. You don't make it fun of me? What? You don't make it fun of me? I mean, I don't think anything could outshine the Heimlich remover. So I think you're fine. You'll survive. <laughs> the Heimlich remover kind of sounds like a, like a thief in the night. Like, oh, Heimlich who came? <laughs> it was the Heimlich remover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I did think it was a one and a two-y. Because like one... Anyway. I, it does make sense. As does the remover. A loony and a two-y, I guess. A loony and a two-y, yeah. I'm fucked up in the head about it. Yeah. Well, there is a loon on the coin of a... a Which is the bird? Loony. Yes, right? yes. Got it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. I think it was a couple bucks. So you would get just like dollar bills underneath your, your pillow? I think it was a combination. I think it was whatever mom had in her purse. Um, <laughs> so some weeks are better be, than others? Could be a couple, a couple bucks, could be a couple quarters. It's hard to say. Oh, okay. And also, is a molar the same as an incisor? Hard to say. Don't know. Yeah, don't I, know. I don't know. I will say that I had one less to lose. So That's tough. I got fucked there. Well, at least you made a shit ton of allowance. Uh, you yeah. rich fuck. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I also remember I would stash if I knew I had like needed to like buy something. Uh-huh. I, I got, I don't know how much money I got for lunch every day, like 10 bucks or something. You got 10 bucks a day for lunch? I think. Five <laughs> to 10 or whatever. I don't remember. Oh my God. I got, so my mom made my lunch every day, which obviously is amazing, but I, I was allowed to buy lunch once a week on Friday mm-hmm. and I would get five bucks, which doesn't buy you much. Yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't. But also private school, high school. I feel like things are just more expensive. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. How old were you when you had your first job then? 15. 15. And then I worked every year um, past that. A year, like year long, like during the school year as well, or just in the summers or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, combination of both. So at 15, I worked at that ice cream place in Port Dalhousie, scoop an ice cream under the table. And then when I went into school, I think when I was 16, what grade are you in your 16? 10? Uh, sophomore, I think, yeah. I don't know what that means. I think 10, right? Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. It's the same thing you have in college. We don't call it that in college either. What do you call it then? I 13, don't know, 14, 15, 16? First year, second year, third year, fourth year? What? Why? That makes no sense. No, it does make a lot of sense. It's very straightforward. First year, second year, third year, fourth year. There's no confusion there. Uh, I feel like you have a couple of friends and family members who have taken five, six, seven, eight, nine years. So what do you call them then? Uh, well, in high school, you'd call it either 12B or a victory lap. Well, victory lap, that, that's <laughs> universal language. But I'm saying if you took seven years to take an undergrad, do you really call it, I'm, I'm in year seven? No, you. I, I think it'd still be like just compared to what year of courses you're in. So even if it took you six years, you're still like, oh, I'm in- I'm in year two. I'm in year two, yeah. you're 34. Year two. I'm in year two, shut Me, up. Meanwhile, people are like, oh, I'm in year seven. They're like, oh, okay, God. are you like the master's, your doctorate? Yeah. No, 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 associate. No, no. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, anyways. I so 15 and then I think when I was 16 I started working in a grocery store as uh like a front end person so at the cashier eventually I got promoted to fast lanes which is so much fun because that was just like touching buttons um and I didn't actually have to like really pack groceries to be fair, all you're doing there was just looking for men Right. Yeah. I found my first two boyfriends in the produce department at the grocery store I worked at. Right. So I worked at that grocery store and then, um, and that was after school cause I was just around the corner from my high school. So it was very convenient for like part-time work. And then I also worked one day a week at the music studio teaching little kids piano and guitar, which was like really cute. And that was four hours after school every like Tuesday or something. Got it. And oddly enough, we both had that job. Yeah. That's so kids. random. So what was your rate? Um, my rate would have been whatever minimum wage was. Really? Yeah, I think Damn. so. No? Yeah? I, mean, I, I don't know. Were you, did you make more? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, damn. I, I, I starting probably age 17, was charging 30 oh, bucks for a- Oh, my God. But for, no, for like a half hour. 
Oh, I made, I probably would have made. You know, it was probably 20 bucks for a half hour and then like 35, 40 for an hour. Oh, I probably made that my entire night of working. Yikes. You got to be better at this business thing. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. No, I made minimum wage for a long time. And then when I started serving servers, minimum wage is even lower because you get tips. And that's when I never looked back when I started serving the first, the first place I served at, I did a year of hostessing and tips. Not great. You're like the last person to get tipped out on hostessing. Right. Well, you're like, you're yeah, really. you're not really, you're yeah. not really doing anything. Okay. Um, you're doing something, but like, I mean, the, you're doing I, something for sure, but you like most people, I feel like hostess right. first so that you can get uh, promoted to server once you know, like the table layouts. And then my second year I served for two years at this one restaurant. Oh my God. This was probably the worst job that I've ever had. It was in Niagara Falls. So like the touristy of all oh, we tourist went there. areas. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We had a drink there. Yeah. I mm-hmm. took you back there and there are exactly 27 stairs in between the first floor and the second floor. And you know, everything would be fine if you got to keep your section just on one floor and your section was on one floor, but uh, it was really fun because the kitchen was on second floor and the bar was on first floor. So typically when you dine at a restaurant, people need drinks and food. So I probably had the nicest legs that I've ever had in my entire life. Those two summers that I worked serving at, um, shout out Shoeless Joe's. Um, I, I, I remember when I interviewed for it, I called it like a sports bar and he is like, no, this is family dining. This is family dining. And you refer to it as nothing but family dining. And then I was also forced into wearing yoga pants and a low cut top. So like the family dining thing was a little questionable at you the know, time. You know, something for mom, something for dad. Yeah, something for mom, something for dad. Um, but I did make hella tips. I worked pretty much from like 10 AM until maybe like midnight, six mm-hmm. days a week. And I have never worked harder in my entire life than the summers that I worked at Shoeless Joe's. Yeah, I I feel like once I figured out that my music side of things paid a little bit better for like than in like high school, so like I could work an hour or two or whatever. Right. That's when like I set up a I literally set up a studio in my basement. Shout out Donna for allowing me to have two drum sets and like several fucking things that made the entire neighborhood go fucking crazy because it was so loud marimba we're looking at you marimba some vibes <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing right and so i set that up and i remember i was like teaching drums and singing or whatever wait that's very entrepreneurial of you yeah i mean like one something that i want to like even touch on this podcast is yeah. that like i think that i had a i had an unhealthy obsession with making more money i did not have an uh a, the right obsession with making more money without having to invest in things to get there because like right i it's so like not too long ago, I was like looking at prices of like drum sets and marimbas and like things that I thought were very, very expensive at the time. And they still are, don't get me wrong. But like when you didn't have the money and you're like, oh, if I just had these two drum sets and this and that, then I'd be able to have students or whatever. But it's like, well, just because you are able to like find one or two students doesn't mean you can find 30 or 40 of them, mm-hmm. even if you buy them. So mm-hmm. I feel like I was like spending all this money and was very much set up in like an entrepreneurial sense for like a 16 year old, but it was like a lot of overhead to right. keep up for a fucking child. Wait, that's so smart. So you ran, you didn't have to like pay out the studio. Well, that's the thing. So I started at a studio and then I realized I'm spending, like they're getting 40% just for having the lights on. Right. I, mean, I own three fourths of shit anyway. Let me just buy the rest of it huh. and set it up in my basement. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And the big piece, and I, I was resistant to this in the beginning, but what you realize when you're a 17 or 18 year old kid is that moms and dads that are paying for you to teach their kids yeah. a similar rate as they could someone who's 60 or 65. Right. Has, it's not so they don't care about the drums. They care about the fact that there's going to be an hour where a 17 year old kid that the kid looks up to yeah. is going to spend with them. And, and like thinks that they're cool. Cause I'm sure they thought you were like the coolest shit ever. So what I realized was, and I'm like, I didn't like, like babysitting, but the idea of 
I'll I'll even come pick your kid up and drop him off or whatever. You had pickup. You had valet service. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, gra- wow. Or grabbing kids like okay, I'll, I'll come. I'll get done with school and then I'll ki- I'll pick up your kid. I'll bring him back to your place. <gasps> to your place because you you work till five or six or seven, yeah, right? I'll yeah. come back. We'll do an hour and a half lesson or whatever, uh-huh. and then I'll head out whenever you get there. And the cash tips that I would get oh, from that. My God. Real. Have we never talked about this before? Wow, that's so smart. That is so smart. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely had like the same addiction to like make making more money like the service that I provided to tables oh my god would you describe it as generous Ge- <laughs> the word generous has been just been like forever t- uh you know a little tainted for me now no, is it was a generous service yeah I was I was generous but I was really good at um being flexible for my customer you mm. know what I mean so if for, you have you're certainly not flexible anymore <laughs> truly but if it was like an entire baseball team like I remember one night I got assigned to this like this baseball team that came in, there was like 20 dudes. And my entire job that night was just to keep them happy and drinking and fed. And they tipped me, I think $300 that night because they just had like this insane tab. So even 15% on their tab right. might've been $300. Um, but those were like, those were like the best nights. Cause not only was like it fun, they like low key, they like not, they kind of turned a blind eye with like someone wanted you to drink with them in like that kind of scenario. Right. And so there I was like on hour 11 of like already doing the lunch service and then doing the dinner service and then doing the baseball service and drinking. And it was, it was, yeah. So as a server, did you ever give someone your number? No, I think I had a boyfriend. I think, I mean, you know, I've just been like a serial dater my entire life. So I don't think there was a time where I was ever like looking to also connect with people. How many numbers did you get? More than five, less than 10. Okay. Yeah. It's a solid number. Yeah. Well, cause I mean the, the, uh, the customer, the customer, you know, like base of the people that were coming in were all over because right. it is such a touristy place. And also it was so interesting too, because, uh, like tipping around the world is so different everywhere you go. Right. And so depending on where they had come in from, like, even if you gave the best service, you might get $0 tip because it's just like not part of their culture to do that. And I mean, like personally I try and, you know, like acclimate to whatever the tipping culture is, wherever I am, but mm-hmm. some people just don't do that. And okay. That, that, that's okay. That's fine. That's okay. Um, I definitely do still have dreams um, now to this day of having too many tables and not being able to like fulfill all of like my orders and get to all the tables and everyone's mad. And it's a nightmare that I probably have like once every six months still um, based on my history of serving. Ooh, I did serve at this really fun place that was um, like an Irish bar and I got to wear this like cute little plaid skirt. I wouldn't go as far as saying it was a kilt, but it was a really cute Plaid Have you ever been skirt. in the Tilted Kilt? My place is called the Kilt and Clover. Oh, the Tilted Kilt is the Tilted Kilt. Yeah, that's yeah. a fun name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this place was great. It was it's, uh, it's Hooters with 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 kilts. Oh, oh yeah. I couldn't. I don't have the boobies to work at Hooters, but the Kilt and Clover. I think Hooters is is um, accessory agnostic now. I don't. I, maybe, I feel like it's features, maybe features up, features down. Maybe, all the place. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. How does Hooters exist in 2020? Literally, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I got to wear like a cute little beer shirt and like a little cute plaid skirt. And it was, it was fun. I mean, honestly, like there's, we I feel like that. we sure. Yeah, we could, <laughs> we could, that is a thing that we could do. <laughs> put on the old Miller uniform. We'll go at it. <laughs> oh my 
my god yeah but no i feel like serving even though it is like crazy hard work in terms of just like memory i was the one who wrote all my orders down because i just like didn't want to mess up i like right. didn't even want to risk it like i probably could have memorized and i feel like people love that and they think it's really impressive but i feel like it's more impressive when you just like don't fuck someone's order up because right. people are automatically mad when that happens right um but yeah it was so much fun even so, though like it was crazy hard work and really long hours and the minimum wage i think at the time was like 820 was server wage and the rest of the world was making like 10 something i can tell you right now i don't think the world's making 10 something right now no, no sorry sorry like the rest of my friends in canada in oh. our own even ontario just working minimum wage jobs i think minimum wage was 10 something and then i was making 820 as server hourly wage and then tips on top of that so was that your worst job or what was your worst job? <sighs> I mean, I think in terms of like stress, serving was the hardest job. Honestly, those 27 stairs, like that, that really fucked me up that summer. Like I was in probably the best shape, but also just like the most mentally deteriorated because I was working like 60 to 70 hours a week. Like I saw no one that summer. I think I left right. that summer making like 12K and that was like gonna last me more than the like college year that I was going into. Cause like during college I would work the summer and then go back to school and then just like do school and would just like budget out whatever I made in the summer. But yeah, I, I've never busted ass harder than I have at that job. When did you start making money on YouTube? Um, I didn't start making actual money until I was in third year university. Got it, got it. So you had a job up until third year? Yeah, I had a job all the way up to, f oh, I would say fourth year. Yeah, yeah. So I had to do an internship and stuff. And I think- Were you paid for that though? What? Were you paid for the internship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was a paid internship. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, yeah, up until third year, I worked from 15 until 21. When did you mm -hmm. graduate? 21, I think. 22. Yeah, America. yeah. So I would have worked 15 till 21. Oh, 22 to 30, 24, 25. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are internships like all unpaid or paid in Canada? Um, I mean, I think it's the same as here. It's like they differ. I mean, I they're not supposed to be unpaid anymore. Yeah, I know. It's like not very frowned upon. Yeah. I mean, that was the biggest thing when I, when college, the thought of having an unpaid internship mm -hmm. was the, that that's where I guess like knowing that I, I grew up like middle-class where I was from yeah. and going to college, seeing people take unpaid internships made me realize that was the next level of privilege. Oh, you could afford to do an unpaid internship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, hey, no worries. Go ahead and put yourself in a career path to set yourself up for success. Right. Because everything else is taken care of. That's right. where I knew I was like, oh, ah, this nepotism thing. I see where it's going to start. Oh like, my God. That's so, I've never thought about it like that. Oh, really? Yeah. When I came out to LA, that was the biggest thing that I noticed. Like I saw it in college. I'm yeah. like, okay, cool. You can like pick which internship or, oh, I'm working over here or this or that. Like the name was more important than like the money that was coming in. Like that was not going to be my reality. And then coming out to LA and seeing the amount of people that like, I mean, the idea of mailroom, that's the closest thing to an unpaid internship as it gets. And right. like you are making like the very first question that like WME and CAA and UTA and Paradigm, they all ask you is like, this is the rate, call it, you know, 1350 or whatever. Are you yeah. comfortable making $13 and 50 cents? We need to hear that you confirm that before we even move on with the interview. Right. Which are talent agencies, by the way, in Los Angeles, if right. uh, you're not familiar with that. Right. My bad. Yeah. Um, but the idea of just like the, the internship that pays nothing, but right. like sets you up and gives you like the, your, your, next to the action you're close to it whatever yeah. and just like you can sit there and just wait until 
Ugh, an opening pops up. I'm just like that was too never much be the case. of a go getter to like settle for that. I don't think well, like I was too much of a go getter, but also was like, I'm sorry, how much are you going to pay? I can't, I can't afford to live yeah, like that. Right, right, so right. that's not an option for me. I, and even though like some of those jobs are interesting to me, mm-hmm. it was never going to be, that was not going to be the way I was going to get there. Totally. So I was like, well, fuck, can't do that. Were you, wait, so you went to a private school. So does that mean that like your peers- I went to private high school. Private high school, right, right, private high school. So like what was, like, I feel like we both grew up middle class. Mm-hmm. Um, what was like, what were like the classes of like your school? I feel like it's so interesting, like hearing people's backgrounds about like the people that they grew up with and like the scale on like which their school is kind of at. Right, I think that in Rockford has a, a really hard time figuring out their education system. Okay. I would go so far to say is that it's fucking, uh, it's been one of the worst in the nation uh, many, many times on the public side. Private was was very much just like a better than that. I see. And I was, I feel like I was one of the less affluent people at a private school, meaning that like, even if you're less affluent there, you're going to be more affluent than the average person on the public school side. But like the, the, Everything that I saw with the most part was like, oh, they all have more money than me. Right. Um, but I think that was a much more realistic way to grow up in the sense of just like, okay, this is all achievable. You don't have access to it now, but you could. Right. But it's not going to be handed to you. Right. Right. So it's right, like right. an interesting mix between the two. I mean, I think, it, I think honestly being middle class, I think is a very like, like I'm so blessed and I think I'm, I'm grateful, honestly. Like, I think that you learn so much being yeah. middle class because it's like you have the base necessities filled. And like, if I was going to take an unpaid internship, like my parents could have figured it out. And I'm sure if the opportunity had been like so insane mm-hmm. that we couldn't say no, they would, you know, pay for the things that I wouldn't be able to afford had I not worked in the summer. But we didn't have things handed to us, I think, which teaches you so many core skills that you carry throughout your life. I mean, absolutely. And I also think it just like, especially once you leave high school mm-hmm. and no one's like telling you how to operate and live and exist, that's when it shows. Yeah. Uh, the amount of my like wealthy friends that I feel like are still only existing because their parents are going to allow them to exist like that. Right. Far outweighs the amount of people that like started uh, on the opposite end of the scale and just like, oh, I'll just accept that what it is. Like right. they were fighters. They got through that shit. Oh yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. You learn how to bust ass. Yeah. I went to, I feel like I had like, so kindergarten, I went to a private kindergarten, um, a Montessori or whatever. Oh, <laughs> your artistic abilities came from. Like literally, I think back to what I was learning in kindergarten and it's insane. Like I learned how to cursive write. We spoke French for an hour every day. And like, it was like the, the like the free learning structure. Mm-hmm. So like I would go color a world map and then I'd go read about dinosaurs in the corner and the reading My nook. ADHD self would have just been like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Get about 35% through everything, yeah. finish nothing. Uh-huh. And then it'd be like, I'm done. But I think that's okay though. I think that's like yeah. what they, I mean, like, I don't really know anything about it. I was in kindergarten, did one year, but like I learned how to sew a button onto fabric. And then I don't remember what the initial like uh, swap was to go to public school, but I ended up going to public school from, I mean, grade one up until college. And my first school was a grade one until six at elementary. Mm -hmm. And I would say it was in not like a rough neighborhood, but it was in like a lower to middle class. Um, And I think, again, you learn so much and you see so much. My middle school was only grade seven to eight and same thing, lower to middle class. And then when I went to high school, I did French immersion, which is where you go to a school that offers all of your classes in French. So it wouldn't have been like- Is that your choice, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. You wanted to do that. Yeah. 
can't speak a word of French anymore. Right. That, that's not true, but like basically. Right. <laughs> like I was thinking to myself, was that like a thing that like your mom was like, I think you should really do it. Well, so you know what happens is that like you have to commit to that in grade six. So you start oh in grade seven and eight. And even if you hate it, you can like switch over obviously to like the English program. Right. But I had done the French immersion grade seven and eight. So the friends that I had made in my French program, we were all going to go to this other school outside of our like school district. And also, if you get good grades, I think people just expect you to like try and push yourself and do right. something harder. You should do it in French. Right. Like, let's do what you're going to do, but <laughs> now in a new language that you don't know. And so that was my high school. And this high school was like in a uh, middle to upper class area. Ooh, moving up. Yeah, moving on up. So like Range Rovers in the parking lot Ooh. and like Jaguars and all this stuff and like all the fancy cars and stuff. And it was so interesting because it did have that French immersion program. It was like kids coming in from all over St. Catharines. So maybe it wasn't even, yeah, no, I would say middle to upper class still. Yeah. But it was interesting to see and make friends with people who were just in like a total different class, I guess, than I was. And again, super middle class. Like we went on family vacations and stuff. Like I had a great life growing up. But I mean, we were by no means like rich. Right. And um, yeah, it was just so interesting as I started being friends with some of these other girls who had like crazy houses and had all like a ton of cars and stuff. It was so nuts to see that experience. So, I mean, like, I think that I had such like a, a scale to see and learn from that. I, I don't know. It shapes, it shapes you. Well, it does. And I also think that there's a world where it, growing up, not on the East or West coast, like meaning like New York, Boston, Philly, DC, or like LA, San Francisco or whatever, there's a completely different world between the two coasts in America that I think everyone forgets about unless they lived or live in those coasts. Like we live in a bubble. Oh like, yeah. LA? We live in a bubble. Yeah. Live in a bubble. Like, totally. Every like every time I go to the grocery store here in comparison to what it would be like, el like elsewhere, yeah. it's night and day. Yeah. Like I, I, my, my idea for how much things cost is probably so it's conflated to the nth degree at this point. Unless you're a Trader Joe's. Oh, right. Of course. Um, <laughs> but like just thinking about that, I think it just like, I would, I'm so glad that I was prepared in the Midwest and moved to the coast, right. not vice versa. Right. And right, like, right, I speak right. to my friends out here sometimes who like speak of things as if they're just like facts. And I'm like, yeah, that's true here. Yeah. But everywhere else, that's not the case elsewhere. Yeah. No, I all. mean, it, it is definitely a bubble. And also too, there's so many, especially like being in like the YouTube community, there's so many people that have come into money now because of, you know, the online fame or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I'm so glad that I had like a very grounded and modest life growing right. up before you come into this. I can't imagine a either starting rich and ending rich and just like how that would change me. I don't know. I don't know. It like makes me a little like not nervous, but like, I'm just grateful for like having that entire. Yeah. I don't know. I think that, um, do you, do you think you had a quality education growing up? so yeah yeah I think so I would say so I mean in yeah yeah I think so I think uh also to like the public schools that we had in St. Catharines like I know obviously they vary per region and district country whatever um but I think I went to a good public school we obviously had like <laughs> a few oh my god we need to do a whole episode on like high school scandals did you have scandals at your high school yeah <laughs> like teacher student relationship types of scandals and stuff 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should do an episode on that. Um, just reminded me a bunch of stuff. I don't stuff. know if those are outside the statute of limitations though, but yeah, we'll, we'll go, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll try uh, and dive in. We'll, we'll try and dive into no, that. No, cause like you, you always, I loved high school. Mm-hmm. I think it was a ton of fun. I think my high school sucked. Really? Why? I think that there's a lot, I think every, <laughs> there's so much fucking wrong with education. I mean, yeah, but I think that's, that's also a lot of schools. Yeah. But like the way that my brain works and the way that I feel like I learned best mm-hmm. was, um, so counterintuitive to the way that everything was just like, well, this is how it is and that's how it's going to be. Right. And it's just like, I certainly as someone who got seven eighths of the way through college and right. had great grades and like should have finished, like I dropped out and I don't regret it at all. Yeah. One semester left. I don't care. And I think the reason I feel that way is that like, I almost want to stick it to the system in the sense that like, there are so many ways to go about getting knowledge mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't have the benefit of, Oh, I'll just spend money for four years, five years, not make any or not make enough. And when I come up with a degree, I'll wait even longer because eventually I've got the means to figure out how to make it work. That's not how a lot of people are. And I think that we need to be a lot more forgiving of that mm-hmm. and figure out a system to say, if you are willing to work hard and learn along the way, right, right, there are right, positions right. for you. And like, if there's anything that I hope that comes out of like the internet and people having to be home and not have to like travel and all these things with, with coronavirus, I hope that we found a way for like more people of more means to make similar types of earnings without having to do five, 10, 20 years of school. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. I totally agree. Um, I will say that my university experience was so much memorization, so Mm, much memorization that I would spend, you know, 48 hours before a test memorizing, I would dump that knowledge onto a test, you know, get and 80 or 90%. And the minute I walked out that classroom door, I dumped it. Like, thank God I did not have to go into the industry that I went to school for because I know nothing, literally well, nothing. I mean, like I, as someone who, I feel like in high school, I thought it was just so stupid. And like, I looked at the way that they, anyone who's in school or has been in school recently can relate to the fact that like the multiple choice or filling in the blank or whatever, yeah. there's an answer the teacher's looking for. And if you don't fill in that answer, you're wrong. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's let like, me it's very explain black and white. to you for everyone who's frustrated that way or thinks creatively. Right. That's not how the world works. Right. My job is to challenge people every single day and convince them to buy something they didn't even know existed before I got on the phone with them. Mm-hmm. That has, there's no, school will not teach you how to do that. And I think there's just like, it's so important for people that are like struggling and trying to figure out, oh, if I just work really hard, I'll, I'll make it or whatever. It's not always the case. Yeah. I, um, I feel like. I, so in Canada, we've got college and university and university. Right. And what's the difference between. So, yeah. So in, in Canada, university is your four year degree. You get Mm -hmm. your bachelor degree. Um, you go to university to get your master's, your, any kind of like grad degree and college is typically two years and you receive a, a diploma. They, they also have like, um, like hybrid programs now too, where you do a few years at college and a few years at university and you come out with a bachelor degree and it's longer. Got it. But college is always, I feel like at least when I was in high school and they were putting us through like um, the careers classes, that college mm-hmm. is more hands-on. And mm. I absolutely should have gone to college. Like I don't regret anything. and I don't want anything to have changed because I hated my program. I was depressed. And then I started my YouTube channel and here we are now. Um, but I should have gone to a more hands-on program that was like, you just experience more. I feel like, and maybe I'm totally wrong because I did not go to college in Canada, right. but it just felt like it was 
so much more hands-on. And I feel like there was a stigma around it that like, if you're smart, you go to university. I mean, that's the same in America. And unless there was a specific trade that you had already like decided that you wanted to go to college for, and there was like a very clear path there is that if you had good grades, you were just ushered to go to university versus college. Right. Well, it's similar in America, but like when I went to the university of Kentucky, right? So my first, I went to a a community college called Rock Valley college. Mm -hmm. It was two year degree associates, whatever. I I went there for a year knowing I was never going to graduate from there. I picked that because I knew that things would transfer to wherever I wanted to go to. Right. Right. So I, I left there after a year and transferred those credits to the University of Kentucky. And I originally, originally initially, I initially enrolled in the College of Music. Okay. At the University of Kentucky and then transferred to the College of Business and Economics. Okay. At the University of Kentucky. So I, I think my degree would have been from University of Kentucky, like the College of, I think it's like a, it's a degree from both. I, I got a degree from the college that was a part of the University of Kentucky. Okay. Does that make I, sense? I have no idea. I don't know anything about like the American yeah. school system. <laughs> but then I said, fuck it. And I left with like 15 classes left. And my mother, right. 15 classes, 15 like credits left. And my mother said, why? <laughs> why do you do <laughs> this to me? Why? why do you do this? Why? And I said, mom, I'm going to be a, a, a businessman in LA. I can't, can't delay. <laughs> I must go. I must go now. I must go now. I have the calling. Do you, you still have like a little bit of school debt, right? No. Gone. It's gone. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. I feel like that's like a massive feat. No. Well, I, I'd kept onto it because like my money guy was like, you're going to take a hit on your credit score if you oh. paid it off. Oh, yeah. I do remember us talking yeah. about this when you, when you decided to stop paying just like the little bit, cause you thought it was like helping, but it's actually I, right. hurting well, your I credit. I kept it for so long. I'm yeah. just like some minimal amount of just right. like, okay, I'll keep it then. Cause they were saying like, if I didn't have that many revolving accounts, I don't know, personal finance, what a, what a hell of a, a class that I should have taken. Yeah. I feel like I did take a personal finance class and we didn't learn anything. Yeah. yeah. I do my own taxes though. That's, that makes me want to throw up. I probably will make me want to throw up when I get audited in five years. I'm like, yeah. you didn't do any of this right. <laughs> They'll look through it and they go, you, you didn't try to cheat. You didn't but, try, but. Or, but, you know what I think though? I think I'm paying way too much in taxes. That's why I'm going to have to fucking stop doing it. I think I pay too much in taxes as well. <laughs> <laughs> For a different reason. Anyways. I want to hop back into money real quick. Okay. Okay. Did you have a. Did you have like a milestone or like a thought of like how much money you would make as a kid before you started making money? Oh yeah, for sure. Do you for remember, sure. What, what, like what was it? I remember being like, if I can make over 80 grand a year, like that is rich and that is more than enough that I'll ever need. I think based on just like what my parents made right. and what like I thought like my expenses would be based on like where I would live. I think I, I was considering 80 K though in my hometown and like small hometown where it's like, you can buy a nice house for like $400,000. Right. And just like everything is much more affordable versus like if I were to have stayed in Toronto. But growing up, I definitely was like $80,000 a year is like my benchmark for success. Isn't it funny that you have like that number? Like who, who knows where 80 grand right, came from? Right, right. Yeah, who well, knows? I mean, my parents are pretty open about their finances with me or maybe I was just like a curious child and just was like, mom, how much do you make? Right. And so I had like based what my goals were based off like how we as a family were very happy and what they were making. Right. And like, I felt like there was things that like I couldn't not do. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like I didn't feel like we were limited as a family. Like we were all very happy. We'd still afford to go on vacations. Everyone had, you know, a suitable car. Yeah. I think my mom, I think my mom having a single income and then having a step dad come in for a few years that, uh, she made way more money than mm-hmm. 
put us on this weird roller coaster of like, oh, interesting. Of of going from doing fine to like, oh, how is this gonna work? And then like, college was I think a lot more scarier for her from a financial standpoint than oh she my ever, God, yeah. than she ever alluded to me kind yeah. of thing. I think like a lot of her stress and when she was very hard on me in high school, like you have to get better grades, you have to get better grades, right, you have to get better right. grades, it's because like otherwise you're not going to be able to afford to go to school because I can't help you kind of thing. Yeah. And I think because she works, she's a court reporter, a stenographer for the state of Illinois. And in fact, she works around like lawyers and judges and people that are making more money than Mm -hmm. her. And I think she constantly had to like look up at the sense of just like of how they were going to do it and knowing that she didn't have access or those options that stressed her the fuck out. Right. Um, But I, 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 the thought of six figures as a child, I think was this like insurmountable, I'll never get there, but it'd be really cool if kind of thing. Totally. That, that. I don't know where that materialized out of. I know, I know. That was just a thought. I know. Well, I think also too, it's like when you're making minimum wage and you're busting ass after school and you're like, if I did this every day for eight hours, 40 hours a week and I'm making, um, I think it was $27,000 a year when I was working minimum wage. If it's like, if I worked a whole year and this is what I'm doing and I make $27,000 and I feel like I can't do this, this and afford this. then it's like, I know that I need to make more than this. And I think that's like where it comes from too is like, and I think like I, definitely 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 like if we were to spawn a child like having a job as a kid and a I teenager, like how you call it a spawn a child still at this point spawns. not have a kid but if we if we were to spawn a little alien <laughs> that you want to bring back from last uh last news last week uh i hate kids i, I hate don't babies. hate babies i don't hate babies i said i go listen to go listen to the last episode um anyways if we were to spawn a child like i just think that like having a job is so character building and shaping it's so important because it really teaches you the value of hard work and like earning money and balancing your finances and it's so crazy to think about how some of my peers um especially those who like started youtube at a young age just like go from being in high school to like making millions of dollars every year like that is such an insane thought to me and i can't imagine like a skipping the years of like working for next to nothing and not i don't know like it's so crazy it's so great like imagine being 16 or like imagine if i was 15 and i was making my five dollars savings you know what you know what i think i think my mom's gonna be so mad also if i get the story wrong i think my allowance did go up to ten dollars at some point okay yeah I know my mom is at home listening, like being so mad that like I'm not doing her justice in like what I was given. But it wasn't about what you were given. It's about what you did with it. And look at you. And look at me. Balancing budgets. And actually, you don't really balance the budget. Frugal as ever. You that somebody else that saw that. Yeah, for sure. As as they should. They I should not be trusted to balance my own books and stuff like that. I, I distinctly remember the only financial milestone that is in my my memory in my Mm. entire life is not around making money at all. I'll always remember the, the milestone that like, that, that I feel like characterizes my, my fan, my, my financial like well-being at this point is the time that I was in the grocery store and I was putting things in my cart. Mm-hmm. And I realized when I got to the checkout, I hadn't been adding the dollar amount up of what I was putting in the cart because I knew I had enough money at the time that wouldn't bounce my account. Right. That insufficient funds. That yeah, right. ISF. Yeah, you don't (laughs) want to see that. That was the day that I was really the only memory in my entire life of like I've made it. Right. That was and it, it seems so and it still seems large now. Honestly. That was like the the moment like coming out and like in LA and like figuring things out was like, I've done it. This is great. 
I can eat without having to count my dollars. Right. Yeah. 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 Like that was a huge milestone. I think, um, ah, man, YouTube money is just so weird because it's such a new industry. It feels like it could be fleeting. So I save and spend, um, a lot of times the mindset that this could be gone tomorrow. And I think that's why it's so important to like invest and be smart with your money and not go and just like drop thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars on designer things every single day. Because like, I've just shaped my perspective on like internet money as something that like, we don't know what the future of it is. Like when AdSense and YouTube had its whole thing where advertisers went down for like a little bit, what was that called again? Something adpocalypse, adpocalypse, adpocalypse. And I just feel like it's fleeting. So it's, I, I spend and save as if as tomorrow I could make $0 and I have to figure out what I'm going to do next. And everything that I have in my account right now is what I have and move forward with. But I spend and save on the idea that it could go away tomorrow. Yeah. I don't really do that, but, um, (laughs) but you have a more traditional job. Well, kind of work in tech. Yeah. But like, I don't have a contract with an employer that says that I'm going to make this amount of dollars for Uh, this state of California at will employee. I could be fired for anything, but yes, I I agree. I have a skill set that is, well, I have a skill set and an experience that more people understand. Right. And until AI figures out how to sell products better than me, uh, we'll be fine. Yeah. But no, I agree. You have a, a newly found career and it can be turbulent. Well, yeah, your income's all over the place. Like sure. mine's more consistent in the sense right. and also health insurance and Dell and oh, what I would give life insurance for like health insurance that came with my job. Oh yeah. my God. But I mean, like the, I guess the thing is very much like, I think there's a lot of new types of careers and passions mm-hmm. and things that will, will earn someone a paycheck, but it might not necessarily be the career that they have forever. And that's right. okay. Yeah, no, totally for sure. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. So you're really fucking rich. Oh my God. Um, so are you. Yeah, but you're, you're actually rich. So are you. No, I'm not. Yes. No. Yes. No, I'm Midwest uh, comfortable. Okay. You, you'd be more rich if you didn't spend so much goddamn money on our speakers and sound system downstairs. Well, that's Just obvi- want to put that out there. That's obviously a non-negotiable. No, <laughs> uh, but okay. So disclaimer, uh, we live in a bubble. Yes. And we, I work in tech and I'm the poor one in the relationship. So <laughs> speaks really more to you. Um, but 
something that isn't like, I think we talked about this when like I paid rent and like that wasn't a conversation we had right. to have, but a, a, a conversation that has been more stressful in the past and I think is a big stress point in everybody else's relationship is mm-hmm. throughout school and having student debt and like trying to figure out whatever is like when one person in a relationship is on another planet financially than mm-hmm. the other one and like transitioning and growing up and like showing your fucking old habits from like how you grew up, how that all kind of comes to life in the middle of a relationship that is some shit people deal with. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, I think it's tough too, because like when you go into a relationship and just say you start living with someone, you're paying rent and you're paying bills like groceries, phone bill, whatever it is. I feel like everyone goes into it being like, this needs to be 50, 50 because 50, 50 is fair. It's half you, half me. In a zero sum game. Absolutely. In a zero sum game. Exactly. It's 50, 50, but it, there's just so many other layers to it. Yeah. Like a layer where you make a lot more money than me. Sure. But the layer that you have health insurance and a more stable job and I'm in a turbulent industry. <laughs> you are, you are. But, but I think that's something that we get right. And this is not something that I think is, maybe we learned it in past relationships. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something we get right is like very good at spending and investing at the, in the same bands where we're at, like together. Like we like to do things together. Mm-hmm. We like, mm-hmm. if we want to buy something or if I want to buy something like in a together thing, whatever, it's not a 50, 50 in the sense of like, Oh, let's cut it this way. And sometimes it is, but like if I'm more excited about something or if you're more excited about something and we want to want to both like participate in it, we both, uh, invest or participate in that financially in like our band. Does that make sense? Right. right, right, right. So for, here's a great example is that we just bought a squat rack, um, right. for our gym. And so it's like with that, you have to buy the bar, you have to buy the weights and you buy like the cage that actually right. holds it. It's and like three, $4,000, right. Three, $4,000. Right. And because that was a purchase that Jeremy wanted. And I was like, you know what? I I'm impartial. I don't really need it, but like, would I use it if we had it? Then yes. Like, like booty gains, booty gains, booty gains. Yeah. Right. Like I'm down with the booty the chest gains. gains. That's me. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I chest gains. Um, I would love, you know, one cup size filler, but I don't think that the squat rack is going to give that to me. I was me. thinking you were like, I would love for you to get on that and make some chest gains. <laughs> uh, yeah. You were like, yeah, baby, I'll pay, I'll pay some of that for sure. <laughs> for the sake of your chest gains. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but because that was a purchase that Jeremy was going to make regardless of whether I was going to chip in or not. Um, I think that we do a great job of like being very fair in the sense that like, well, I know that like I will use it if we have it. So I think I paid, I paid for the weights. You bought the cage and the bar and I bought the weights. But like, I think that it is, it works because we have a natural understanding of that. Right. I think it doesn't work when one person is on one planet and is very, very generous about things until they're not right. or vice versa. Right. It's like, well, we can't do anything because you can't chip Afford into that. Yeah. Or on the vice versa, like, oh, we'll do it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then, you know, 15 arguments later, well, you don't really pitch in for anything. So why would I care? So <laughs> oh, it's like that, like consistent, yeah. like having to like get better or like having to grow. It's not, it's okay if you're not on the same 50, 50, zero sum game level. Mm-hmm. It's not okay if the person who is greater or lesser than doesn't want to be, doesn't want to play ball about like growing and progressing at the same rate. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. I mean, I've definitely had friends who have like YouTube friends who have had issues with that and struggles. I think also too, there's a lot of people, and I think we've touched on this before about they see the lifestyle that a YouTuber might live Mm. and they are, um, I think one envious, but also see an opportunity. And I think it happens a lot in LA where there's, you know, a lot of cloud chasers and a lot of people who see 
that the lifestyle might look easy in some. Well, if you just look at the end result, you don't realize how much of a pain it has to get to there. Right, 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 like right. Like the right. views come easy. Oh, the views come easy. Right. But like, oh, but the cutting, the editing, the being creative, this and that. And well, and also too, like the eight years that might have gone into it to get to that point. Right. And so I think there are a lot of people too who are like, well, this person does nothing all day and they make this much passive income. It's right. like, why wouldn't they pay? And they feel as if they deserve or it's only fair if the person like pays more. And so I don't know. I think there's so many different toxic scenarios. Again, situational. It is. And also the biggest thing that I think people deal with in the Midwest from where I was is like family money. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like I, the, the concept, obviously there's plenty of family money out here. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. especially in the South in Kentucky, there's a lot of people that have had old, old money. Like, Oh, how, how do they make money? Oh, um, railroads. Like, what? Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like oh, yeah, yeah. um, their family has like great horse farms. Huh. This, then it's like, oh, that didn't just come overnight. You've right. had had money, and the outside of the uh, painful amounts of racism and sexism of like, just like, oh my god, that still exists. The classism that uh-huh. goes in from just like, well, um, if you guys are serious about this, we're going to need to get the family lawyer involved. <gasps> if you're going to need, oh like, my god, go to the next level because like our family and our state obviously needs to be protected. Yeah, and it's like life is complicated enough trying to figure out how to make more money and get better and like, you know, go to the next level. Can you imagine having somebody else's family put their, their opinions on that at the same time? And like not having to consider that and just going free and not having that impact your day to day. Like that's tough. Oh my God. I I literally can't even put myself in that scenario of like having the family lawyer. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) We both come from means of like our parents being like, yeah, you'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, literally, literally. I know. I know. Oh my God. Life is stressful. Life is stressful. And I think, I think money is, is a stressful thing. And like, obviously I am in a very, very grateful position to be able to say like mo money, mo problems, but it's, it's like things get easier when you make more money, but there are a lot of things that get harder when you make a lot of money. It's just, everything changes. Things are different. Things change. I think the, I'll go back to it again. I think the hardest job to have ever is the single parent trying to make money at the same time. Mm-hmm. I will always think that's the hardest thing in the world. That's some superhero shit right there. That's superhero shit. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, that's all I got. We ended on a heavy <laughs> shit. Yeah, heavy shit. We started in Clit Town, um, took a little detour over there to yeah. Clit Town for a quick sec. Yeah, yeah. And, um, Literally, we're going to get off this podcast and I'm going to Google what the uh, centimeter difference is from the vagina to the clit to figure out, mm-hmm. you know, that situation. And then tonight we will bust out the ruler and measure and figure that situation out for next week. So stay tuned. Riveting content coming at you next week for uh, episode nine. Nine? Not sure. I don't know. We've lost count. Um, there are so many things that I want people to participate with in this last episode. Yeah. I don't even remember them all at this point. Yeah. But I, we will do a good job of hopping in the comments after this one. Yeah. And trying to get some uh, some reading through, maybe even some responses. Hell yeah. I, I have nothing. You have Ra- nothing. Wrap this thing. Okay. All right. Got it. What podcast has this been? What? What podcast has this been? Ooh. This has been Call Her Daddy. No. No? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. No. Not that one. Pretty basic. I wish. Yeah. Yeah. I love Remy. I know. And Alicia. I feel like you just know I Remy more. I haven't yeah. heard Alicia yeah, enough. Alicia. Yeah. I, know, I, know. I, I like everything I know about Alicia. Yeah. Just Remy and me are boys. Yeah. You and Remy are boys. All right. Well, on that note, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Wow Till Nine. We will see you guys next Tuesday. Send us pictures of your podcast pups and uh, hit us with a yes or no in the comments pertaining to um, that no contacts question that we uh, proposed. How them feet. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.